Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? Oh my goodness me. You know what? It's so early in the morning and yet I have been so busy. I'm almost out of breath because I've been so busy. And I've just sat down and I thought, right, oh, I'm going to do my podcast, do my story now and um, and talk to all my lovely little listeners. <laughs> Um, right, today is Wednesday. I do not have to go to work. So today I'm spending the day with my children and we are going, they're coming with me to the library. Um, and I'm going to read story time and my little one will be able to sit and listen to story time with me. And then my, um, uh two older ones can go and find some books so that we can take those home with us and take them out of the library oh and then this afternoon we are going to do some baking and we're going to make some biscuits what's nicer than homemade biscuits Mm, yummy yum so that's my day planned what about your day hmm Are you doing anything exciting? Are you doing anything just nothing? Just chilling? Just chilling sounds quite nice. Sounds like a lovely, lovely day to me. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Now, I had a little message from um, a little girl in Melbourne, Australia. (gasps) Wowza, so far away. Um, and she's called Ella and she sent me the most lovely message saying that she loved my stories and to, uh, say thank you for reading them and to carry on as I am exactly. So that's lovely for a start. And then she said that it was her birthday and she would be turning six very, very soon. But I'm not going to tell you when her birthday is I'm going to just say to Ella listen on your birthday and you'll get a happy birthday but it's a secret as to what day it is only me and Ella know (laughs) so listen in Ella on that on that day okay um but thank you very much for your message it was so lovely to hear you and You are having your winter at the moment, aren't you? I'm sure Australia are having winter rather than summer. So I should be living in Australia. Although I wouldn't like to live in Australia in the summer, during your summer, because it always looks way too hot over there. I've seen pictures on the TV of a big beach. I want to say it's called Bondi Beach. Um, and it looks absolutely amazing, the most amazing beach ever. But it also looks very, very hot. So, which, um, as we all know, I am not very good with. <laughs> so maybe I could just come and live there during the, the winter. What do you think? So I thought for a story, we would go back and revisit the faraway tree because we've been away from it for so long um but before i do that we need a fun fact and i found a very fun one today did you know 
that the Queen of England, so Queen Elizabeth II, um, is also a trained mechanic, <gasps> which means that she can mend trucks and cars if they break down. She can mend their engines. How amazing is that? Can you imagine? I don't know whether you've seen the Queen of England. She's a very posh lady who wears very posh clothes. And I can just imagine her in her in her big posh car with her chauffeur driving her. And um, she, <clears throat> excuse me, if they broke down, she could hop out of the car, take off her posh um, coat, roll up her posh sleeves and then mend the engine. How weird is that? But then she'd have to drive on to their, their nice posh dinner or, or wherever she was going. And if anybody wanted to shake her hands, she'd have oily hands, wouldn't she? <laughs> so I can't see that happening somehow. But it is very, very um weird. I don't know whether you've seen her on the TV. Maybe you've been invited to tea. <gasps> that would be nice. I live in England and I've never been invited to tea with a queen. <sighs> She's missing out on a trick, isn't she, there? <laughs> I think I should be invited <laughs> to Buckingham Palace. There we go. No, I don't think I will ever be invited to um, tea with the Queen somehow. Um, I'm probably not posh enough. Never mind. Never mind. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> and I also know way too much about her. I know that she's a, you know, an, a mechanic a trained mechanic so <laughs> anyway let's go and visit the faraway tree we're on chapter 20 and it's called what is wrong with the faraway tree now if you remember last time we left it um they found they'd been up to the land of enchantment and found connie's voice so here goes Connie was very talkative for a few days after they'd been to the Land of Enchantments. It seemed as if she had to keep on making sure she had her voice back. Well, I half wish you'd lose it again, said Joe, when Connie had talked for about ten minutes. Do let someone else get a word in, Connie. We'll have to take her to the Land of Silence, said Beth. Then she'd be quiet for a bit. What's the land of silence, said Connie, who really loved to hear all about the different lands that came to the top of the tree. <laughs> I don't know, I only just thought of it, said Beth, laughing. It may not be a land at the top of the tree, for all I know. I wonder what land is there now, said Connie, or when are we going to see Joe? There's no hurry, said Joe. You know Silky and Moonface have gone on holiday for a bit, so they aren't even in the tree. We'll wait till they come back. They'll be back on Thursday, said Franny. We'll go and see them then. We'll stop and buy some of Mrs Saucepan's cakes and take them up to Moonface's. Mother, can we go on Thursday? Yes, said Mother. I'll bake some new bread for you to take too. Connie could hardly wait till Thursday came. Joe laughed at her. Well, considering that you jeered at the enchanted wood and didn't believe in the fairy faraway tree 
or any of the folk in it, to say nothing of the lands at the top. It's funny that you're keener than any of us to visit there now, said Joe. Thursday came. After their dinner, the children packed up Mother's lovely new bread and set off to the enchanted wood. They jumped over the ditch and landed in the quiet wood. The trees were whispering together loudly. They seem to be louder than usual, said Joe. They seem sort of excited today. I wonder if anything has happened. Wisha, 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 whispered the trees together and waved their branches up and down. Wisha, 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 wisha. The children walked to the faraway tree. There it was, enormous, its great trunk towering upwards and its wide spreading branches waving in the air. Joe gave a little cry of surprise. What's happening to the tree? Look, some of its leaves are curling up, sort of withering. Surely it isn't going to shed its leaves yet. Well, it's only summertime, said Beth, feeling the leaves. Don't they feel dry and dead? I wonder what's happened to make them go like this. Perhaps the leaves will be all right a bit higher up, said Connie. It's not growing any fruit down here either, is it? That's unusual. It certainly was. The faraway tree, as a rule, grew all kinds of different fruits all the way up. It might begin with lemons, go on to pears, load itself a bit higher up with peaches and end up with acorns. You never knew what it would grow, but it certainly grew something. Now today there was no fruit to be seen, only withering leaves. Joe leapt up onto the first branch, up he went to the next and the next. But all the way up the leaves seemed to be withering and dying. It was curious and rather alarming. The faraway tree was magic. Something very serious must be the matter if the leaves were dying. That's the first sign that a tree itself is dying if the leaves wither, said Joe. The others looked upset. They loved the faraway tree and all its little tree folk. It wasn't only a tree. It was a home for lots of little people and the path to strange adventures far above. <clears throat> the angry pixie was in his room. Joe rapped on the window and the pixie picked up a jug of water to throw, but he put it down again when he saw Joe. Oh, hello, he said. Are you on your way to Moonfaces? He's only just back. Hey, what's the matter with the faraway tree? asked Joe. The angry pixie shook his head gloomily. Don't know, he said. <clears throat> Nobody knows. Nobody at all. It's a very serious thing. Why, the faraway tree should live to be a thousand years old. And it's only 553 so far. The owl was asleep in his bed. No water came down from Dame Washalot. When the children got up as far as her branch, they saw her talking seriously to old Mrs Saucepan. He was busy arranging stacks of new-made cakes on her stall. Can't think what's the matter, Dame Washalot was saying. I've been here on this branch for nearly a hundred years and never, no, never have I known one single leaf wither. Why, the tree grows new ones each day, and fruit too. Many's the time I've stripped this branch of fruit, and before I've cooked it, it's been full again of some other kind of fruit. Now there's none to be seen.
What do you think is the matter? asked Joe, climbing up. But neither of the old women knew. Mr. Watts's-name was looking carefully at every curled-up, withering leaf to see if caterpillars were the cause of the trouble. I thought if it was caterpillars I'd send a call to all the birds in the enchanted wood, he said. They would soon put things right by eating the grubs. But it isn't caterpillars. The children went on to Moonfaces. He was in his curved room with Silky, but he didn't beam at them as usual as he opened his door. He looked anxious and sad. Hello, he said. How nice to see you. We've just got back. And what a shock we got when we saw the tree. I believe it's dying. Oh, no, said Joe, quite shocked. It's a magic tree, surely. Yes, but even magic trees die if something goes wrong with them, said Moonface. The thing is, no one knows what's wrong, you see. We might put it right if we knew. Do you think the roots want water? asked Beth. Moonface shook his head. No, it's been a wet summer. And besides, the tree's roots go down very, very deep. Right into some old caves deep down below. Jewels were once found there, but I don't think there are any there now. You know, said Joe, looking serious... My father once had a lovely apple tree that suddenly went like this, all its leaves curling up. I remember it quite well. Well, what was the matter with it, said Silky. There was something wrong with its roots, said Joe. I don't know what, but I know my father said that when a tree's roots go wrong, the tree dies unless you can put the trouble right. But... What could go wrong with the faraway tree's roots, said Moonface, puzzled. Well, could there be anyone down there interfering with them, said Joe. Moonface shook his head. I shouldn't think so. No one is allowed at the roots, you know. Those old jewel caves were closed up as soon as the tree's roots reached to them. <clears throat> Still... It would be a good idea to find out if anything is damaging the roots, said Joe. Could you send a rabbit down, do you think? He could tell you, couldn't he? Yes, that's quite a good idea, said Moonface. He went to the door and whistled for the red squirrel. When the little squirrel came, Moonface told him to fetch one of the rabbits that lived in the wood. One soon came bounding up the tree like the squirrel. It was odd to watch him. He was pleased to help Moonface. Listen, Waffles, said Moonface, who knew every single rabbit in the Enchanted Wood. Do you know your way down to the jewel caves at the roots of the faraway tree? Of course, said Waffles. But the caves are closed, Moonface. They have been for years. Well, we think something may be damaging the roots of the tree, said Moonface. We want you to go down as far as you can and see if there's anything to find out. Come back and tell us as soon as you can. <clears throat> Could I please go down the slippery slip? Just once, said the rabbit shyly. Of course, said Moonface, and threw him a cushion. There you are. Give it back to the red squirrel at the foot of the tree. The rabbit shot off down the slippery slip, squealing with excitement and delight. Oh, isn't he sweet, said Franny. I wish he was mine. 
I hope it won't be long before he's back. Shall we have lunch? We've bought some new bread from Mother Moonface and some cakes from Mrs Saucepan. <clears throat> they began their meal. Before they finished, the rabbit was back looking very scared. Moonface! Oh, Moonface, look at my bobtail! Half the hairs are gone! What's happened to it? asked Moonface. Well, I went down to the old jewel caves and I heard a hammering and banging noise. And the, said the rabbit, I burrowed a hole to see what the noise was. And guess what? All the caves are filled with little people. I don't know who they are. They saw me and one caught hold of my tail and nearly pulled all the hairs out. Everyone sat silent, staring from one to the other. <clears throat> people in the old jewel caves hammering and crashing around the roots of the faraway tree. No wonder it was dying. Maybe the roots were badly damaged. We'll have to look into this, said Moonface at last. Thank you, Waffles. Your hairs will grow again. Red Squirrel, go down the tree and tell everyone to come up here. We must hold a meeting. Something has got to be done. <clears throat> oh my goodness me. That's terrible. Fancy killing off the faraway tree, making it die. That is not good at all, is it? Now, tomorrow, hopefully, we'll find out what is down in the jewel caves and whether they can stop it, because it's uh, mm, quite serious if it's making the tree die, isn't it? Uh, oh my goodness, I've got a frog in my throat now. It's just suddenly arrived. So, I hope <clears throat> we can sort this out very quickly. Anyway, you all have the most wonderful day. And I am going to go and get ready for the library. And get my children sorted. <laughs> And then I will tell you tomorrow how our baking went and whether our biscuits taste yummy, yum, yum. <laughs> I will see you all again tomorrow. But until then, make sure you take care and make sure you stay safe. Bye for now. <laughs>